I was uh, so blessed, and, and Pastor Carol's not here today because she, uh, to quote Dennis, he put it in a different kind of uh, context that she blew a tire. Yeah, she blew a tire. Thanks, guys. Uh, uh, so let, let's agree together, shall we? Uh, she stand. She she's a fighter. I'm telling you what. She's a fighter from the from the get go. Yeah, she came out of the womb a fighter. In fact, she was probably fighting in the womb. But <laughs> let's agree together, shall we? Just for her uh, recovery and uh, overcoming this stuff, whatever she's working through right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we as a collective body and family, your word says that wherever two or more agree on anything and touch on it, it will be done. So, Father, we thank you for your healing word in Psalm 107.20. Your word says that you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So, we thank you for the healing power of God flowing right now from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Your power, not only in her but in anyone today that is suffering any kind of uh, sickness or infirmity, and we command infirmity and sickness to leave the bodies of the saints of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Your word said, Jesus, you said, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. The word bind means to forbid, and we forbid the curse of of the law of sin and death to touch any of the saints in Jesus' name. As Pastor Tim prayed before service, not any taint of the world on the body of Christ, especially those in this house in Jesus' name. Amen? Praise God. My bride, uh, she gave me a call and just said, I I won't be able to make it. And she was was crying because she wanted to be here. She said, I so wanted to be there to thank the body for all they did, and uh, the reports are coming, you know, the Bible says signs shall follow those who believe, amen, and uh, after all said and done and all the unpacking, unpacking, the time, the finances and everything invested and to make this to help assist the lighthouse, um, you know, it's almost like we take ownership of a a good segment of it, and uh, it was entrusted to us, and uh, Honestly, I'm unsure of the amount of funds that we did invest in costumes and things this year. But every year as it shifts, you know, our body, it's coming out of the resources of the house. And I'll tell you what, I don't know if Dory ever led anybody to Christ. But, uh, the, or the princesses, or uh, uh, you got a, a stormtrooper with Darth Vader coming into a Christmas scene. I mean, really? You know, <laughs> But all the different things, the shepherds, the nativity scene, it's all so graphic and visual. And visual communication is as powerful as verbal. It just enhances it, takes it up a whole different realm for retaining. And in the midst of chaos, and as the world's getting darker, you took the message from last week, and your lights shined. You know, and honestly, there was a different, it seemed to me a different demeanor in even our body, because a lot of times, listen, there's a fine line sometimes between duty and, and compassion. You know, going through the motions and doing what's right, uh, because it's right. Amen? Sometimes we can be obedient, and I think the, clari- the clarity 
in our experience, I'm going to say this on a daily basis, is Isaiah 119, the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. If we're only one of those two things, we're not going to eat the good. There's a condition in the, in the instruction revelation of that verse. The willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Now, that means whether I'm on the mountaintop or going through the valley, that the joy of the Lord, which is my strength, is evident. Because I'm not moved by the circumstance. I'm going to walk through it. Amen? The Bible says that even through the fire or the, the floods, the Lord will bring us through. He didn't say there wouldn't be fire at times in our lives. He didn't say there wouldn't be floods sometimes. Amen? But here's the thing. I found it so interesting that Katrina, as horrific a storm as it was, that Katrina means cleansing. Do you all know that? I've, you've heard it. I'm, I've said it a couple times. But the word Katrina, the name, means cleansing. It cleansed a whole lot of stuff. Now, the stuff's trying to be rebuilt. But God made a statement. And it is also, there's multiple statements that were being made at that time. And this isn't part of the message. But there was a decision made against Israel at the same time. One of the first times that President Bush Sr. made a decision that what wasn't a blessing for Israel, his house was decimated by a storm up in New England. happenstance they who bless you I will bless they who curse you I will curse that's what God said so make sure that we have this in our everyday thing Lord we bless Israel hallelujah shakalaba I am your friend and you are mine amen <laughs> but Friday night was absolutely it was wonderful it was so wonderful uh I get kind of dissed because, you know, who said it was so long? Somebody, oh, Susan? It took so long to get it up and running, and we didn't have the time with the characters to intermingle with the kids afterwards. And I know they can get chaotic, and the only thing I get worried about as the man, as red man, is those kids grabbing the beard and going, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Imposter! <laughs> but the kids, it, it amazes me every year. Man, they get so over the top excited about everything. And they, they had said, uh, different ones, of course, we're not in there. We can't be in there during the play and all that. But everyone, you know, we know our mistakes through the process of everything and, uh, or the things that, ah, we didn't mean to do that or didn't, you know, this was said and nah, that wasn't part of the plan. But they don't know. The people there don't know if it's part of the play or not. And everything, the comments were superior. They loved it. And I just thought, wow, that message last week, really, I was, provo- I was cut to, or called on the carpet by the Holy Spirit. And it was, why are you doing what you do? And that happened a few weeks ago when I told you that when we were getting ready and, and had the worship practice for Bobby Connor meetings, as I was coming to worship practice, the Holy Spirit asked me real clear. He said, do you really believe what you're saying? 
Well, if you didn't get asked that question, that's coming to you, I can guarantee you. Do you really believe what you're singing? Grace, just like a wave crashing over me. Hallelujah. Crash over me, Lord. Yo, bring it on. You know, let your grace, your God's righteousness at Christ's expense crash over me. Hallelujah. Daily. Praise God. Amen. So Katrina meant cleansing. And it was directly connected, most prophets believe, because of decisions that were made that were not agreeable for Israel. Everything the church is, I want to just say this. There's a biblical premise of revelation concerning Israel in the natural that patterns something for the spirit, for the church. And we really need to uphold that. That doesn't mean we are, we're Judaic in our worship and everything else. We're not having an altar here with sacrifices. Amen. But there's a, a reverence and a respect for God because his covenants with Israel and throughout the Old Testament, he said, these feasts are to be in place forever. That's what God said in several of the, the instances. So having a better knowledge of the, of the feasts. And it's, it, we have a better covenant than they did in the Old Testament. But even the feast days to this day are special moeds. The Hebrew word's moed. A special time of visitation. Hallelujah. Now, he lives in us. Amen? I mean, does it get any better in this? To have the creator of the universe living in our spirit? And so often, I think, guys, we, we, we just forget that part. We forget that in him I live and move and have my being. Hallelujah. Amen? I loved it when Bobby shared that. You know, Colossians says, Everything that God is was in Christ and is in Christ. And then it goes on to say, and everything Christ is, is in you. Amen. (laughs) So the light of the world, I want to just pick up and comment a little bit more about that. Being the light. And I want to tell you, we were, Carol and I were so proud of our church, of our congregation, and the efforts the love, listen, uh, even when uh, you're pushing through and at times you're doing it because it's right. Uh, you know, if you weren't willing, you wouldn't do it. It's not always expedient. You know, Jesus said the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak regarding prayer. But sometimes just doing Christian service, the spirit can be willing and the flesh weak. Amen. But here's the thing. Sometimes in our development and maturing as sons of God and daughters of God is saying to our flesh, hey, wait a minute, you're not the boss here. Because the flesh can have a lot of influence if we let it. Amen? So it's like no tiredness, nothing. Working out in the cold all day, I get it. Been there, done that, bought that T-shirt, still had to do our stuff. Amen? I was sharing with somebody, I, I cursed him, cursed him on that real frigid day. I think you said you had to park a good distance from the college. And just going from the car to the, to the school, her hand began to, you know, they were get tingling and getting numb and even starting to swell. It was that cold. 
And I remember my right hand coming home from the RCA Victor building on the water in the, one of the coldest winters we had. My hand was twice its size. I had early, early symptoms of frostbite in my right hand. That's why when it starts going now and I start feeling it, I'm like, mm, mm-mm, ooh, mm-mm. I'm not going out there again to work. I am not working out there unless the Holy Ghost said, go on out there and work. Amen. I mean, only he's going to do it. Ain't no human going to have me do it. Mm-mm. No, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> all right, I want to say this. The Holy Spirit was just, he's been speaking to me all, all week about the light of the world. Say, I am one of God's lights in the world. So now make it a bolder statement. I am the light of the world in Christ. Now, say it to your neighbor. I am the light of the world in Christ. It's pretty bold. It's kind of bold. So, is it truth or is it arrogance? It's truth. Amen. An apple tree doesn't say, I'm a pear tree. It'd be a lion dog. Amen. An apple tree says, I'm an apple tree. And you can tell by my fruit. <laughs> I like that. See, we're Christians, and people should be able to tell who we are because of the fruit in our lives. We are Amen. Amen. Now, I want to tell you something. Honest, it's really this real. It is this real and this distinct. Remember last week we talked about and pointed out how the theologians said, you are the light of the world, and when the Hebrew heard that, they thought of the sun. S-U-N. They weren't thinking of the S-O-N. They were thinking of the sun and how the sun illuminates everything that can be seen, right? It exposes deformities. Uh, well, let me just go there a minute and just review that real quick and just tell you again what, what their whole idea and ideology was until it was converted to you know, a, a revelation from the Word. The sun renders objects visible, the S-U-N. It shows their form their nature, their beauties, their deformities. So now, the light of God, the sun, S-O-N, in us does the same thing. See, when you and I choose Christ and choose to have the joy of the Lord as our strength, amen, to be be his light. Colossians says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Hallelujah. Well, listen. It doesn't come from a phone booth and putting a cape on. It takes work to get in the Word of God. It takes a choice. I want to say this. Wait, God never takes our, our free will and choice from us. But he really has made this very distinct, black and white. God says this to humanity. I set before you today death and life, good and evil. I say, God says, choose life. You have no option. You have a choice. If you don't speak by default, you get death. You know where I'm going to go with this. See, our silence, by default, 
angels can't get to moving and working with us, God can't get to moving and working with us. Now, he can do all things, but he created you and I as spirit beings in his image to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? To hear and obey. That was the Hebrew thing. Amen? Amen. So what do you choose? Life. Do you choose life or death, good or evil? So in order to, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I love it. Just say Joshua 24. Joshua 24. 15D, Mark. 15D. <laughs> as for me, yo, and Joshua, if they had all the victories, all the victories divided the inheritance among all the people groups and families. He said, now here's the, here's the conclusion of this whole deal and God giving us his promise. You have to make a decision, and Joshua put it this way on the people. He said, you have to make a decision on whether you're going to continue on living in the Lord and for him. But he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to go after false gods. And there's something so powerful about the father figure in a home releasing things in the spirit. Coming into agreement with the Father God as a son and as a patriarch of a family unit and releasing and speaking it out. He's, remember, he said to Joshua in Joshua 1.8, meditate on my word day and night. Meditate on my word day and night. And guys, I'm going to just say this. Every one of us, there is neither male nor female in Christ, so every one of us has this responsibility of Bible meditation, which means to mutter the word of God. Ponder on it. Hallelujah. That's how we get the word richly in our heart and all wisdom. If you don't mutter, you're going to find yourself in the gutter. <laughs> if you don't mutter, you're going to be in the gutter. That's not God's will for our life, but it will be the outcome. Not because he's a bad father. It's because we're gooberheads. Come on. Well, glory to God. If muttering's going to keep me on top and keep me out of the gutter, I'm going to get to mutter. I'm going to get to muttering. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, when Jesus said, you are the light of the world, I want to say this to you. Never forget the Christ is the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. He's the son of God, but he is in his humanity functioning in all five offices. And uh, look at Isaiah with me real quick. Go to Isaiah, and I want to show you something here of a revelation of fivefold offices that uh, actually the Holy Spirit showed me. I never heard anyone preach it this way. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, the prophet says this over the house of Israel, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, S-O-N, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. All those titles are given to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So leave it there for a minute. His name shall be called Wonderful. There's the Apostle's office. The scripture says, how lovely on the mountains are the feet of them that bring good news. An apostle is a sent one. 
Amen. He can be sent, of course, to a foreign land where there's not gospels never been preached. He can send people to places where the gospel has been preached, and they can have an apostolic grace and anointing in their life. But it's supposed to have a wonderful impact on that community, uh, com- com- impunity, that community, commodity. Amen. Amen. Now, the prophet's office is revealed in counselor here. That doesn't mean that they're counseling. A counselor is one who has the ability to see and take the forecast of things to come. Amen. And things going on right now. Hallelujah. They have that ability. It's a prophet's office. Mighty God is equivalent to the evangelist who's supposed to have healing signs and wonders, miracles working in their ministry. Amen? That should be the norm for an evangelist office. My, uh, everlasting Father. There you have a pastoral office, a father-like one in congregations to love, minister, care, nurture. Amen? And then you have Prince of Peace. The Bible says the teaching and preaching of the Word of God brings peace to the body of Christ and to humanity. So we need that teacher's office. So here they are revealed in this passage that would be coming in the person of the Jesus. And then he, in Ephesians 4.11 says, the Bible says, Paul said it, and God gave some, Jesus gave some in the offices of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. And it goes on, and you know what it says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And I want to say this, Friday night was the work of ministry. Every one of you as sons and daughters, that as you went forth and you prepared, yeah, you worked all day, and you deemed it right to connect with this outreach and to help the lighthouse to bless an area. And I want to say this, we don't know how many people in that room that night have been unreached. You start asking people about Jesus, you're going to get shocked in some instances. There's young, a lot of young people now. They don't even, who's Jesus? It's a different world that we're in right now. And they need to hear about Jesus. Amen? Well, how are they going to hear unless someone is sent? They're not going to hear. I remember before I got saved... And if I saw, you know, if I was going through the TV and there was a religious program on, I moved quick to get that thing off because I didn't want to hear a thing they had to sell. I didn't want to hear anything about God. Amen. Billy Graham, I was, boy, I know the Holy Ghost. He hit me with a sniper rifle. I got to Billy Graham and I got back here and he began to condemn everything I was involved in. Drug, sex, and rock and roll, and just not condemn it, but, you know, in a condescending way, but he was preaching the truth of God, that this is demonic in nature, ba 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 and I thought, shut up. Turn Billy Graham off. I don't need to hear that junk. I like getting high. I like being a, a weirdo, you know. I like my sin. Leave me alone. Come on. Come on. Hey, do you guys know anybody that really enjoys their sin? Huh? They're lost, and if they die, they're going to go to hell. That's got to register on our Richter scale, the heart. Amen? That has, to, that has to impact us. And I want to say this. We need to pursue this for 2017 and ask God, Lord, give me a greater love for humanity. Help me put aside any fears or prejudices, anything that's in my life 
that's hindering me from loving people with your love. Amen? Because I'll tell you what, they're around you every day. There are divine assignments in every one of our lives on a daily basis. Divine opportunities to share the love of God. To let His light shine through us. And what's going to happen when we love people? The Father's revealed. Say, you got to forget about your, your personal, you got to forget about your reputation. Because when you accepted Jesus, you lost yours. And we lost our reputation to gain His. See, that was the great exchange at the cross of Calvary and being baptized in water. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost gives us the power to live it. Water is the reminder, and it's a supernatural. You know, the, so many people minimize or they don't really think about water baptism, uh, the significance of it. The Bible says that's when the Christian's heart is circumcised. Now, the heart is given to God, but Paul used the language, it's in the waters of baptism that your heart is circumcised, as was the foreskin on the, the man's, uh, you know, Parts. Amen. But that was a covenant unto God. Amen. Well, let's go on. All born-again Christians are lights of the world because by their instruction, uh, because they, by their instruction and example, show forth what, A, number one, this is what your life reflects in that light, what God requires in life. Your actions, our actions, and our words speak something. And I want to say this. Listen, guys, our actions, we're accountable for our actions. And I want to say this first and foremost. God has given us our homes to exercise it and learn how to love first. Your actions in your home are huge. Because if you are a plastic, if you're, only, if you're one thing in the house... I want to say it this way. If you're a creep at home and you're nice outside, you're no more than a hypocrite. And you're still a carnal, fleshly baby spiritually. Hallelujah. This is getting good. I didn't know I was going here today. (laughs) Amen. But no, we we need to love our wives, love our children with the love of God. Amen? Amen. Speak over them. I want to say this, the authority of the, of the father and the mother in the home is so huge and creative in its nature. And it just takes, it takes its work. It's part of the work of ministry. You're an ambassador. Well, where are you an ambassador? Not when you leave your home. You're an ambassador 24-7. Now, if I'm the highest ranking official sent from heaven to earth then I need to love my wife as Christ loves the church. Amen. Amen. Ambassador one, I'm going to say this, and I've said this for often. Husbands, if you treat your wife like a queen, she's going to treat you like a king. But the onus of responsibility is on the man to treat her like a queen if he chooses to marry. Come on, guys. Yeah, come on. Come on, men. Say, yeah, I'm, a, I'm going to treat my wife like a queen. Hallelujah. Carol, I'm going to treat you like a queen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Amen. <laughs> God's light in us, number two, reveals this, what the condition of man is. God's light and his life in you, everywhere you go, because of the born-again nature, the nature you are born of, the righteousness of God imputed into your spirit. See, a lot of times this thing up here, it doesn't get it. The mind, you can't comprehend or understand things of the spirit here. You have to believe here in your spirit. And our minds have to be renewed. Our minds, listen, conversion isn't just when I accepted Jesus. My mind needs to be converted daily. Hallelujah. Amen. It does. So does yours, in case you don't know it. Amen. It needs to be converted every day. That's why I need the word every day. If we're not moving forward, if we stand still, we're a target. We need to be walking in him, living in him every day. We need to be moving, breathing, thinking. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. I want to say this. Even if you're on vacation, you ain't on vacation. You're on relocation. And you aren't involved in your regular activity, but your witness is every waking moment you're here and breathing on the planet. I am a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That has responsibility with it. Amen? Uh, Listen, I'm serious as a heartbeat. I don't understand how Christian men can say, you know, they're married, whatever else, and they don't mind looking at other beautiful women and staring them down, you know, and boom, boom, boom. You know they're, they're going places in their thoughts they shouldn't be. I've had Christian men say to me, it's okay to window shop. Christian men say to me, well, listen, hey, what are you, what are you, a prude? No. I've made a covenant. Job said this, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why should I look at another maiden? Get that word in your heart. And any time there's a temptation, Holy Spirit brings that up, loads up the weapon. That demonic spirit's trying to tempt you with the thought. Get that sniper rifle. In Jesus' name, I've made a covenant with my eyes. Amen? I mean, you can't. There's there's a lot of beautiful men, handsome men and beautiful women in the world. It's when you go for that second look. Boy, my wife told me that. Amen? It's that second. Whoa. No, that's the flesh man. Shut up. Get in place. I love my wife. Well, guys, how, how's that, how, how long is it? Do you ever exercise that as a mantra? I love my wife with the love of the Lord. She's the wife of my youth. Speaking the word of God. Amen. She's the wife of my youth. And she is. Hallelujah. My girl. Hallelujah. You too, huh? We, got, we, got, we guys, most of the guys in here, we got keepers. Right from the get-go. Amen. I love her. I love my wife. Amen. Well, glory, let's go on. So let me talk about this. All born-again Christians are lights of the world because they, by their instruction and example, by your instruction. Listen, guys, our words are instructing others. Our actions help instruct others. 
on what a godly life is about. When I get around people that I knew back in the apprenticeship before I got saved, I mean, and through the apprenticeship, I had oh, about a year and a half in the apprenticeship where I went from darkness to light. It took me a little while to man up and say, I'm saved. I'm just to be honest with you. Because I had an image that I was living before them that was a lie. I was living a dream, but it was a fantasy. It was a rock and roll fantasy. And it was demonic in its inspiration, and I was following the path of a demonic plan. Now, God put music in me, but he didn't put distorted music. He didn't put music in me to honor devil, darkness, you know, sin, and all its stuff. He didn't put music in me for that. He put music in me to exalt him. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And now, when, when you have that encounter, God, God just wants us to honor him with everything he's placed in us, every gift and every grace. Anyway, let me go on. So what God requires is that one of the first things that is exuded in the light that you and I exude from our being. Number two, it exudes the condition of man. Now, by that I mean when people aren't saved and they're around you, a lot of, if, if, if you begin to, well, first of all, the reality, and I want to say this, it is a measure of faith. It is a requirement of faith that, Lord, I believe according to 1 John 2, 20 and 27, that the anointing abides richly in me. And I am anointed. See, every one of you should say that and believe it. I am anointed by God to touch lives. Listen, we're not all evangelists, but every one of us are called to evangelize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you believe that, then you and I, see, here's part of the deal. It's that conscious responsibility. In, in Proverbs, it says, without vision, might people perish. And one of the words, uh, the spins or definitions for vision, without vision, is conscious responsibility. See, if we, the church, don't have a conscious responsibility, a consciousness of our responsibility in life, in, amongst humanity, I, listen, 2017, guys, it's going to be time for nets. Amen. It's going to be time for bringing in the harvest. People are going to start asking. And it's not because Donald Trump's in the office. It's going to be because God's Spirit has given America grace. We are in a season of grace. And I'm going to tell you something. We've got to stay on God's page. Amen. We really do. The third thing that is exuded by the presence of God in us and revealed is what is the way of sonship, peace, and happiness? When people look at you and I, they should see the qualities of godly sons or daughters of God. That your presence, his presence in you amongst them is evident. It's tangible. Listen, the glory of God can be seen on you. If we, I don't know if you ever uh, thought about it this way. But I'm asking you to really take hold of this. I'm asking you to believe what the Word says. The Bible says that the glory of the Lord shall be seen on you. It was prophesied in Isaiah. Literally seen on us. Now, you and I, we look at each other, but, you know, we're all the same. His glory is in all of us. So when we look at each other, we just think, well, glory to God, saints. This is normal. 
But when we get around darkness, guess what? You light, our light is shining big time, and it's speaking. What's it saying? You don't have to be a prisoner anymore. You don't have to remain in darkness. No matter how intelligent or no matter how moral they may be, there are a lot of folks that are very moral in the world, but they're not saved. How are people going to know or be convinced that they need a Savior? It's through the church. It's through the mirror of the church, the Lord, the Lord Jesus' body. Amen? So the last thing that I put in here was this. This is what's revealed. Uh, the way that leads to heaven is evidenced by what you and I portray and how we live and move. How we talk. If in him we live and move and have our being, people will see him and how we, li- how we live and move and have our being. I wanna, and I'm going to say this. Uh, Carol and I were just talking. With the financial arena being so attacked in our economy and in America, we're going to bring back some opportunities and teaching tools and stuff like that into the church of how to budget, get your finances in a greater order, and doesn't matter what your condition is now, it doesn't have to stay the way it is. That with right teaching and instruction and wisdom and good stewardship, our boats can turn around. Anybody need that in your life financially? I'm tired of the tail wagging the dog, and the church should be the greatest glory and testimony of the goodness of God. Well, hallelujah. Thank you for the couple. Nancy, you got it. Amen. Anybody else want to say amen? amen. Okay. Think about this for a minute. And I, I'm just going to share some of my notes just from, because they are from my heart. It is a fearful and yet wonderful revelation that God has entrusted to us in and through Jesus, his nature and works to reconcile mankind to himself. He has entrusted and invested into his people through the new birth, his very nature. Not to be religious. Very natural. Amen? It's the nature of an apple tree to produce apples. It's the nature of tomato plants to bring forth tomatoes. It's the nature of God's people to bring forth Christ. It's just natural. But there are gates for that to to occur. There are necessary choices to be made for his light to shine through us on a daily basis. And I think that's a dichotomy a lot of times. What happens in our life is that, man, if if we give in to emotions and our emotions take us prisoner, all of a sudden, darkness is going to be more evident than light. Emotions can take us down a real wrong path. And what happens? Out of emotion, my witness of Jesus Christ can really be tainted. Come on. Amen? Emotions can really tear us up if we don't keep them in check. Emotions are real. God has them. But he wants us, uh, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, like a city broken into and without walls is a man who has no control of the spirit. 
our spirit is to be in control and at the helm of our lives. Our soul, will, intellect, and emotion needs to be submitted to the Word of God and the Holy Ghost in our spirit. Mom, I'm preaching a lot better than all of you guys are. Amen. See, take hold of that. That's a reality. You're a spirit being. You have a soul and you live in a body. And this is the other thing. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price, and we have. And listen, guys, I want to tell you, it's so easy to lose sight of it. It's so easy to lose sight of the reality that I am not my own. And I said a little bit earlier, I don't have a reputation. I have his. Uh, Honestly, as I say with you right now, I feel the weight of that. When I think about the reality of being born again, the reality of being Christ's, that his reputation is at stake with my words and my actions. His reputation's at stake in my life. Uh, let me kick back a couple steps here. Do I really want to go down this path with Christianity? There is no option. There are choices. Am I a witness for the Lamb or a witness for Ray's lost flesh? I'm just asking myself a question. I have to ask myself that. Am I a witness? Is my life a witness and testimony for the Lamb? Or is it a witness and testimony of flesh still, the tail still wagging the dog? No wonder people, a lot of people don't want anything to do with Christianity because they see the hypocrisy in Christianity. Remember Bobby Connor said, sad thing about the church is people have enough of Jesus to be miserable. <laughs> they get saved, they're glad they're out of hell, but they never educate themselves and learn how to live the life and, and literally experience the joy of the Lord 24-7. Nothing irritated me more than when Carol's having these different things in her office. She's a woman, and she's in, in that office of a prophet. And she's in bed, and God's given her things, and she's, like, freaking out. When that verse started to come to her and wash her, you know, just come to her. It literally was impacting her spirit. Many in that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this in your name, that in your name? And I will say to you, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. She's, this scripture is constantly, it's coming to Carol. And, you know, Lord, why don't you do it during the day? No, this verse is coming to her in the bed next to me. Now, I go to bed usually an hour hour and a half before she does. She's a nighter. I'm a morninger. Amen? So I'm in bed. When I go to bed, listen, and this is the truth. I don't care how hellish it is in the world or in our, it seems, seems to be in what we're walking through or going through. When it comes time for bed, I've learned this. I take all that stuff and I put it over here. And I say, ah. <laughs> I jump in bed and I say, you know what? I can't worrying. Is not going to do a thing for me. See, I got this down. 
It's not. It's going to rob me of sleep, give me sleep deprivation, which is going to create greater stress in my life. It's going to make me sick. Nope. Ain't going to do it. I'm going to get in bed. Glory to God. I'm going to sleep. Thank you, Jesus. You know what? I'm going to wake up. Glory to God. Refreshed. Say, oh, where's all that stuff? Hey, the Lord took care of some of that already. All right, here's responsibilities. Okay, well, yeah. I'm going to have coffee and do my devotions first. (laughs) Amen. I purpose. Listen, and I... I, I'm, listen, I'm not saying this is squeaky clean, and it, but it, it's, I'm, happy, I'm having this experience. Some years back, I said, Lord, I can see what stresses can do to debilitate our bodies and our minds, just our being. I make a choice to live a stress-free life. That doesn't mean all my ducks are in order, but I made this, I made this choice, and I, and I really sincerely prayed it with God and talked to God about it, my father. I said, Lord, Father, I said, based on what Jesus said, who by worrying can add a single cubit to his lifespan? Based on what your word said in Philippians 4, verse 6, <laughs> be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, make your request known unto God, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking for prescriptions. A lot of us, you know, there's a lot of stuff. And, man, I tell you what, pharmaceutical companies are coming out with all this stuff to help bring relief. Big money market. And I'm just disappointed I didn't get in on stocks early on. Amen. Well, that was supposed to be funny, but it's also true. Use your head for more than a hat rack. The wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. Well, how do you think that's going to happen? A golden goose come in and start laying golden eggs in your house? No. Jesus in Luke 16 commended the sons of this age because they had greater wisdom with finances than the church did. Well, read the book and you'll find out it's true. Amen. So... Wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. Why don't you start, and if we learn how to start investing, regardless of what's happening out here, with the wisdom of God, a little's better than none. Take something, and we start allotting things and work in our faith. Amen. That increase comes, and multiplication starts coming. When you, start, you and I start to learn how to manage, and I want to tell you something. Read Luke 16. Read Luke 16 if you want to be blessed and and challenged. Because there, Jesus deals with the whole issue of finances. And he said, if you can't deal with the least of these things, if I can't trust you with finances, how can I ever trust you with spiritual things? I feel like Johnny Carson. What was he? He was a... If I can't trust you with finances and the wisdom it takes to steward them, how can I ever trust you with true spiritual riches? Hallelujah. Merry Christmas. Amen. Flesh without God exudes darkness. Now, the word exude means like sweat coming through a pore or oil coming through. Are you with me? So, 
Flesh without God exudes darkness, no matter how moral or immoral it may look like. God in flesh exudes his righteousness, his light, and his life. See, Jesus Christ in you and I exudes exactly that. Hallelujah. His righteousness, his light, his life. How come people aren't knocking our doors down? I want what you have. What do you have? What do you have? Because you have that joy. I see joy in your life. And I know you go through stuff. I know you've been through things with your kids or whatever else. But you seem to have peace through the storm. Are you with me? Listen, the world's looking. And if, we just, if we're just like them, kind of like just moving about them, uh, just caring about our own things and, you know, and just, just getting by. Just getting by is not enough for the Lord Jesus. Jesus did not just get by. Amen. He wants you and I to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion. Hallelujah. Say fruitful. Fruitful. Multiply. Multiply. Replenish. Replenish. Subdue. Subdue. And have dominion. dominion. See, that's who he is in us. So, there's a consternation inside every one of us when those goals aren't being desired or even reached at, reached after. Because it takes faith to reach, reach after those things. If I'm called to be fruitful, how do I become fruitful? That's a good question. How do I become more fruitful? Get the word of God in you, in your heart, by your mouth. Get it in you and let it out to overflowing. I heard one preacher say this, and it was in a minister's conference. He said, study yourself full. Pray yourself empty. And then get out of the overflow. Study yourself full. When's the last time you burped on the Word of God? You couldn't get no more. Amen? Have you ever been, how many of you go to a Thanksgiving meal and afterwards you're like, I shouldn't have ate, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Huh? Guys, come on, let me see your hands. Huh? Anybody ever overeat at Thanksgiving? It just, it just happens. No matter how much you try to be mature in this, and like, well, I'm just going to take a, a tablespoon of each thing. But you still end up with a sampler plate that is more than enough. Amen? When's the last time you studied the Word till you're so full you're like, man, I just got to take a break for a minute, Lord. <laughs> I can't eat no more. <laughs> and God will just say, do what the Italians do. Eat and, don't eat until you're full. Eat until you're tired. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Romans 12, 1 and 2 will end here. <laughs> Hallelujah. Turn to Romans chapter 12 with me. Verse 1. We're going into 2017. I, I'm so grateful that Elena was flowing with the... Oh, look how pretty she is. Isabella! 
Oh, Isabella, Isabella. <laughs> and children shall lead them. Praise God. Romans chapter 12. Think about what the, I've been preaching on and on this whole thing. The Holy Spirit just had his finger on about being the light of the world. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, this is Paul to the church of Rome, by the mercies of God, by the mercy of God, present your body a living sacrifice. This is daily. How? Present it holy. Present it acceptable. Say holy and acceptable. Now, nobody knows you better than God and you. If you can't present yourself holy and acceptable, you've got to go to the cross. Because every one of us should be able to present ourselves to him on a very daily basis. First thing, open in our eyes. And Lord, I present myself to you holy and acceptable by your grace and mercy. Think about it. Think about how that would have begun to order your day and order your thoughts. Order your faith. I am not my own. Lord, I present myself to you today holy and acceptable. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember this. Grace. What is grace? And we're gonna, I want to continue on that verse. What is the grace of God that you have received and I? The very first word in the Greek is kindness. Second word is favor. Hallelujah. Say kindness. Kindness. Favor. Favor. Unmerited. Unmerited. So the way the Greek presents it isn't this thing like where it's a kindness anything. You filthy animals, you get the unmerited favor. You filthy thing, you didn't deserve it. You know? Huh? What? Like a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aye, you filthy animals. <laughs> no? This is how big and good God is. I want to bless you with my kindness. I want you to be the recipient of my kindness my favor, even though it's, you didn't merit it. It's unmerited. It's just how good I am. I want to share this with you and impute it into you. Amen? Amen? Then the next Greek word and definition is really superior. It's wonderful. God's divine influence upon our souls with respect and regard to salvation. i got this going on. And all of salvation's benefits. God's influence upon my soul with regard to salvation and all of its benefits, not detriments. Say benefit. Now, if I asked you to get a piece of paper and write down benefits, things that you think and deem as a benefit, no, I don't think I'm going to find anything on your paper that's a detriment. And if we then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to our kids, how much more will the Heavenly Father give us the Holy Ghost and good benefits? 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey! Glory to God. All right, let's look at Romans 12 and bring us home. I beseech you, therefore, my brethren, good news assembly, by the mercy of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. It's only reasonable we do it. Verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world. That's a challenge, guys. That's a great challenge because the world's all around us. We're in it, but not of it. We are in the world, but not of the world any longer. But how, so how do we walk with this darkness that's all around us? How do we walk as sons and daughters of light? By being transformed. God's given us light. He's given us a path. He's given us a way to be a greater influence on society. Well, how, what is that way? Be being transformed by the renewing of our minds through the Word of God, of course, is the inference that we might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God for humanity. How do I do that? By proving what it is, for, A, first and foremost, for myself. Amen? I mean, I can't sell a bag of goods. It's... it's really an injustice when you're trying to be a salesman of something that you don't even use, a product you don't even use yourself. Amen? But when you are, uh, you know, this is a, a good saying, a person with a, an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. A person with an experience is never at the mercy of a person with an argument. You know, Ken Copeland said it this way. Somebody approached him and said, well, you know, I don't believe in that healing business. And Ken Copeland said, it's too late. I've been healed. You can't convince me your way. I know what the Word of God says. You know, it wasn't always, the, the, it wasn't always my experience, but hey, the Word is progressive. Light has come. He said, I've been healed. You can't talk me out of it. But I don't believe in that prosperity business. And Copeland said, it's too late. God's already prospered me. His word is true. Now, listen, that don't mean God's a slot machine. What we don't realize a lot of times when we see ministers or people very successful in the Lord, why, why are there people so successful that are not in the Lord? Do we ever, and we have, Christianity, we seem to have a problem with people that are very prosperous in the Lord. Why don't you give more to the poor? How about you giving more to the poor? What are you doing with your wealth? How wealthy is wealthy? <laughs> well, for a person that can steward hundreds, hundreds are wealth. If I can only steward hundreds and I can't steward thousands, I need to be rejoiced that I've been entrusted with hundreds and make them work for the kingdom of God and for our habitation on earth. But if I'm not, I, I don't need to be jealous of a person that's got the stewardship of a thousand or millions. I don't need to be jealous of that. I need to say, God, bless them and use them. Bless them. Bless the body here. Give us the wisdom of God to reach souls for Christ. Amen? Amen. So, how, what are we going to do? 
we're not going to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we can prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And I'm going to give you a little insight to a possibility of revelation. When I look at this, and I was studying it one day, I'm looking at it, and I'm quoting it, and I'm meditating on it, and all of a sudden I see that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And the Holy Spirit said, there's your 30, 60, 100-fold return. He said, there is your 30, 60, 100-fold return. Mark chapter 4. The person who hears the word of God and does it receives the word is sown in good ground and your yield is 30, 60, and 100. So if you and I are good students of the word and you're a student of the word, every one of you, you better be more than a believer. You better be a disciple. And when we are walking in our discipling, the sons of God, lovers of him, obedient and willing, what are we, what's going to happen? The minimum yield's going to be 30% in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 60 is acceptable. Glory to God. See, God doesn't limit faith. And faith doesn't limit God. You are the light of the world. I want to say that by virtue of that, we're accountable and responsible to be his light and not ours. Amen? I hope that blessed you. I'm going to stop there because I've got some bacon and eggs I'm thinking about. Jesus. Kidding. Please stand. Father, we thank you for the word of God. I hope the word blessed you today and as we look at it and just reflect on it. And Lord, for every soul that truly got saved, let's agree together here as a result of that outreach on Friday night. Lord, we're thankful for the souls, the young people, the children, even adults. We don't know the, the total number, but Lord, there seemed to be a great response to the, the opportunity to receive Jesus. And your word says that in the word of God that in heaven, all the angels in heaven above rejoice when a soul is saved. We rejoice, Father. And Lord, thank you for the labor of love that was manifested in and through the body here in that support to the advancing of your kingdom. Lord, may your light shine in us and through us, not only in this holiday season, in this Christmas season, but that Christ could truly be being seen in our life daily in all of our words and actions. That, Lord, that we'll be responsible, accountable, because it's your name and your reputation that's at stake. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you dearly. Give each other a hug. Amen. Say your name, your reputation, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.